Hey everyone, and welcome back to In The Weeds podcast. My name's Matty Farrell, and this week I go in the weeds with the Barry brothers, Liam and Alice, the co-founders of the Marangrass restaurant in Anglesey, which involves a fantastic story of turning a greasy spoon in their family's caravan park to the most sought after restaurants in Wales and the UK. We talk about their current predicaments, family life in Wales, their new businesses, adapting to change, newfound fatherhood, and TV work, including Ellis's time on the new series of Ready, Steady, Cook. Seems like the lads have been in the weeds a lot over the last 10 years, but I think that's what makes their story and conversation even cooler, in my opinion. So just a slight change as well, guys. It, the series will now have moved to a Wednesday release episode. That's on a weekly basis. So I hope everyone enjoys this one. Stay safe. Enjoy. Welcome back to In The Weeds podcast. We are on episode eight. I'm delighted to have Liam and Ellis Barry, co-founders of the Marangrass in Anglesey, Fat Pig Farm, and the, well, the due to open Lairpool in the iconic Albert Dock in Liverpool. So thanks for coming on, guys. How, how are you all doing today? We're in the weeds. Yeah, we're in the weeds. <laughs> we're in the weeds. <laughs> well, you're in the right. Place. So you're juggling quite a lot, I believe. Farm life, fatherhood, new openings. Been a bit of a roller coaster a few months. Yeah, we are definitely juggling. I, d- I don't know which is the hardest and which is the easiest, to be honest with you. I, th- I think the kind of fatherhood thing's great. It's kind of keeping me entertained and distracted from everything, but it also does add to the task of everything. Where, where you at, really, Ellis? Really crap dad at the minute. <laughs> like, so, like, it, it just not great at home at all. <laughs> very very hard <laughs> that is full on honesty right there but yeah. I, I actually started this sort of like a few months back like Bob on and then with the fat pig you know, kicking off again you know ever, you know, straight back into the into the kitchen those those routines of uh, I don't know I think I think because there's so much on like I can easily get lost in an 18 hour day and then all of a sudden I've woke up gone to gone into the mountain grass and then I'm back home at like a stupid time you know Got to add a little bit of kind of background here. Like the, the farm, um, we've kind of put a lot of time into over the last 12 weeks. Um, it's something that we wanted to do for a while, taking it online. We, we've always done farmers markets and kind of sold to people from the Madam Grass, from a little shop there. But we've gone online now with, with the farm and it's kind of just rocketed. And Ellis has managed to find himself back into 18 hour days in the middle it's, of it. It's, 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 like, it's a Liam's, Liam, it pains Liam because it's like trying to get me out of it. And any excuse, and it's, it's complete habit, then I will just go, won't I? It's just like, it's like he holds me at the collar. Like, <laughs> get the company going, get the company going, press the button, bang, let him off. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll just, I just go at it until it's like, until I'm in hospital. Or if I give up, or I've just ended up going into like sleep for like two weeks. <laughs> so, mad, you, you, what have you been making? I've seen, uh, and you, you've been posting all all over to UK as well, haven't you? So, the, so the pork pies, the main seller. So that really sort of kicks off the. Um, so I've been like nuts deep into like sort of um, banging loads of pork pies out, <laughs> but then it, it was almost like the, the, the fun and the enjoyment side of being a chef is like the how else you can influence the, the, the pork. So, uh, you know, the sausage and pork pies sell, but then the charcuterie and stuff like that, we started playing about with them really, uh, you know, knocking out our own charcuterie, hanging it, aging it, and just playing around with that. And yeah, it's um, now we've got, yeah, we've got, we've, I think that's what's been good actually. I've actually learned a lot of uh, new yeah. techniques and new, new skills. Mm-hmm. Um, just like interesting, isn't it? Out. Yeah, it is, and it, it is well more interesting, isn't it? The pork pies are beautiful. But I think it's it's so much more. You can really it amazes me the charcuterie, yeah. Different flavors from just treating it differently, and you know every single thing seems to taste a little bit different than the other. Even though you follow the same recipe, every cut of pork's different. So that really interests me. And the past probably two or three days we've been tasting it because it's you've got to build up your stock, and you yeah. can't really taste it for like six months later, and you don't know if you've done like a really crap job. <laughs> so it was like. We've only really sort of started tasting it over the past sort of, um, I'd say, two or three days. Um, tasted a bit of the salami last week. Really happy with it. Still not um, to a standard where I'd say it could compete with the best in the world. But 
it's for me for the first lot of salamis we've done and chorito and whatnot. It's got potential. It's really, it's really flav- flavorful. It's got a lot of potential. The recipes are good. Just the method needs a little bit of work. But we've been doing the capicola and the copper and whatnot and some lomo. We tried them today and um, they were naughty, Wendy Yeah, they were really good. Are these going yeah. out now? Are they going out? Are you posting any of this out? I don't know. I don't know whether to hold. I mean, it's not, it won't go off. No. So I don't know whether to hold it back for maybe the bar on Liverpool or, you know, a bit of, if we've got to open the restaurants more of like a takeaway yeah. um, or something like that, do we, do we bring a bit of, you know, the charcuterie in there mm-hmm. and run it through the restaurants? Uh, it, There's yeah. always that temptation to share, isn't it? You know, we it's yeah. like kind of ingrained in what we do. You just create stuff and get it out. So it's kind of um, trying to put the brakes on it a little bit, you know, and just because you've got a good product, do we use it now or do we kind of, have it there for a rainy day? Do we bring it in further down the line? Um, yeah. Or do we just eat it all? <laughs> yeah. So is, is the farm is the farm on the same land as where the marum grass is? Yeah, so it's opposite. Do you know when you kind of, as you come down that big mile straight road towards yeah. Nubra, you turn left into the marum grass. The field's on the right, just as you approach the marum grass, that's where all the pigs are yeah. um, currently. That's where the farm is. So the whole site um, is about 20 acres. Yeah. The farm on one side is about 14, and yeah. that doesn't add up to 20. I'm going to, I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about 20 well, acres. Up, it's about 17 acres, acres, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, you've got, well, you got the caravan sites up the top as well, where you, where you build up, you, you get to your Yeah, that's somewhere. where the 20 is. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, developed, it's developed a lot over the last few years, hasn't it? You know, they, they don't know how you've ended up there. So obviously you don't, you're not, you don't have Welsh accents. You have kind of similar <laughs> accents. <laughs> so how, yeah. how have you, um, you know, how have you ended up there? What, just briefly tell us a little bit of the story of the Marangrass and how it became so popular. Are you taking us on the journey, Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> Me again. Who's <laughs> <laughs> saying, is it? Go on, Lee, have you I don't doing? want to start crying. I can, I can start crying. <laughs> well, it's 10 years, isn't it? Over 10 I've years told, now. I've actually told this story that many times. It feels like a lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like, which, which bits am I making up? But yeah, 2009, our parents wanted to kind of move to Anglesey, set up a bit of a retirement project. So they bought White Lodge Cafe, which was like an old garden centre, which was in dire need for some TLC. I had a little cafe on it, which was the White Lodge Cafe side of the garden centre. And me and Ellis ended up lumped in this little tiny... Um, shed for a better word and kind of just took it from there so when we first found it it was li- it was literally kind of just frozen food warmed up deep fried breakfasts just really really basic you know we ate in there a couple of times <laughs> if it was shit we did it <laughs> yeah 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 that's what that's what we look for just a prime opportunity it's like a proper shit cafe in the middle of nowhere yeah so that was that was 2009 and then we kind of the idea, it was just like an adventure. The, the, the parents wanted this move to, as a retirement plan. Uh, my dad was still working for Jaguar. Well, he travelled around a lot nationally, but it was kind of based in Haywood. And then, yeah, so he, he, he carried on his job there. Our mum moved over to Anglesey and he'd come back at the weekend. So we jumped in and kind of went on that adventure with them, um, set up the campsite alongside them. Um, spent a lot of time in the food side of things it just grew and grew and grew we started looking for local produce and developing relationships with local farmers and people really at that time people really switched into that provenance of food luckily as well they also turned into that upcycling because everything we'd done was really (laughs) upcycled not through anything else than that's all we had you know it was just like kind of me and Ellis rafting around in the shed you know the sink in the bathroom with, uh, people always go, oh, where'd you get that sink from the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in the bathroom, it's like, you're going to dob him in, in and aren't you? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask. <laughs> no, we don't ask. Don't know where that came from. Whose uncle? Whose uncle brought it up in what fan? Whose uncle? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, the Madame Grass was like a real family affair. We ran it um, for, for the parents for two years and then after the two years, we decided that we would kind of put enough energy into it to justify sticking it out and kind of seeing what we can learn and seeing what we could achieve there. So me and Ella set up our own kind of company, started renting the space from the parents, kind of, and just just started learning about how to run a business and how not to run a business, maybe. 
is more accurate. And Gruy, and Gruy, really got a great reputation. Ellis kind of done really well on um, that. Really, did you hear the hesitation in my voice? Then? <laughs> Ellis done really <laughs> well in it. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, you know what's hard to pinpoint in my head, which I can't really, I can't personally work out what the point of it from being a place which was doing well to a place which was getting recognised. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't it just feel seemed, that it, sort it yeah, in my, in my memories, it just kind of seemed to be jammed all the time. We mm. we, yeah. we we took over it as a small. It was a greasy spoon. Um, we've been told off for using that terminology before, but it is what it was. You know, it was everything was frozen, deep fried shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. The people in it like really worked hard, but it was terrible stuff that they were doing. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so <laughs> I kind of. But it was in a, saying, don't, don't say that. My mum's voice in the back of my head there, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because it, it, it's in a seasonal location, um, in a tourist location, kind of come the season, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you'd always be busy. It's probably the kind of reason that we always managed to do well. You could, we could make mistakes and still be busy. Um, there was no there's no competition out there, you know. So, and, and, and I guess that's why it weren't a great anything when we took over it because the people before could just do that they could just open the doors it'd be busy for six um what, four five six months and then they close again and, and that's just the routine of it but we we kind of we, we started doing the breakfast and looking for kind of local produce for the breakfasts and people just love that we started doing the mussels when we found like the mussel fishermen around the corner mm-hmm. fish and chips people used to just Honestly, mate, it used to be absolutely jammed all the time. Um, and we used to just run off a chalkboard as well. We didn't have any menu. It was literally a chalkboard. So if people came in, when we when we started doing evening service, like we, we'd have the board sorted throughout the day. So by the time six, seven o'clock came, we'd start running out of stuff. So people would ring up. Can, we want to come in at eight o'clock. And it's just like, yeah, you can come in at eight o'clock if you want. Um, we don't reserve tables. Just come in. Mm. And then I like, did come in and wait for half an hour and sit down. And it's like, oh, we've only got one thing left on the menu. But we were so blase. There was like no <laughs> customer service. It was just like, kind of, what, what do you mean? There's, there's only one thing left. Why don't you tell us? Well, that's just what it, what it is. We had food at the start of the day. Everyone's <laughs> eating it. You've, you've got one thing left. It's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> but, but that was literally like the start of our kind of journey of hospitality. We just opened up on like a Friday night and it's just like, we didn't even put any desserts on. Like, I was going to say, like, yeah. it's like, no, why? You can't, didn't put any on. And it's like, yeah, but, okay. You think that, <laughs> think that might have created like a, a, a charm for it though and a kind of demand that might have worked in your favour, no? Honestly, it really it did. did. Yeah, yeah. 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 But at the same time, mate, we were absolutely rammed and we were underselling our produce massively. So we were actually like sponsoring our customers <laughs> to come and eat with us. <laughs> So yeah. it was go. It was bound to be busy because we were worse off. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it it, it it was definitely quirky, and it was and it's a kind of time I look back on like really rose tinted glasses. It was really hard work. I, I remember like kind of being really thin, really tired all the time, but really just excited and enjoying enjoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like a, you get that old school buzz of, of like right. Mm. We're open in a minute, and we're going to get battered. And we oh, used yeah, to get battered, didn't we? Like, yeah. so you see, you've seen the restaurants, it's like, you can probably sit about 38 covers mm-hmm. at a push. Tight. Really tightly. We would do, we would open for breakfast. We'd, on since the busiest day, we would do 60, 70 for breakfast, turn over for lunch service, and we would touch like 100, 120 for lunch on, a, on like a summer Saturday. And then we'd close up, and then of an evening we'd be pushing like 120, 150 covers again, and we we just do all the inside, all the outside. It was just like that's a tough day. Though. It, was, it was just mad, and that was like was literally mad. me in the back with a load of youngsters, and Liam in the front with a load of youngsters, and it was so doable though. I don't know why we did it because I couldn't do it now. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I think it's because we were youngsters ourselves then, you know, it's we like we were literally... Bomb, didn't you? You'd be bombing sweaty. it around the gardens, around the... You'd have all the, all the restaurant doors open. You'd have, like, yeah, rows yeah, yeah. of picnic benches right up by the marquee, and that, oh, everyone sat on there. Every, it, it was just packed, on it? Where are people coming from? Like, uh, did they, where should, Are they coming locally from Wales, or do, are the people driving? driving in? It was everyone at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, mate, it was like kind of... 
cheap as chips back then we really got our numbers wrong you know we, we so it, it was literally everyone and the dog yeah. they like yeah. turn up and kind of comes this really cool cute little place where you could just pile in get really good food and it, it was beautiful it was really exciting really kind of it really got me hooked on the industry yeah. before that point i'd just been kind of washing dishes or pulling pints or glass collecting and I wasn't kind of excited by the industry. I was just like using it to get beer money, really. Yeah. You could see me through university. It was then when I got hooked in, when I could kind of really get to understand that vibrancy of what the industry can be and kind of the style of service and you know, the relationships you can create as well in such a small space of time. The front of house and chef dynamic that you've, you've got now, did that just happen naturally, organically then? Or did you kind of decide on that? Well, I was sort of I think 17 when I went to the, the Panoramic opened in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was part of that before there was even a lift in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so it was like, I'm not even messing with going up like a wooden, like a wooden box, <laughs> 34 floors up. Um, and I was in Radisson. So I'd always, I've always loved food. I've always loved cooking. And then, uh, yeah, I was in Australia. And I, I mean, I, well, you were already there, weren't you, Liam, in, at the restaurants? And yeah, yeah. me, me, our fellow was a bit like, look, we're trying to set up a business here. You keep spending all the money on, on <laughs> over in Australia. Get your ass back over here and get in that kitchen. <laughs> what were you doing in Australia? I was having a bit of a break, really, and I was doing a lot of the fruit picking and whatnot of mm. the, um, the East Coast, um, sort of Sydney up towards Early Beach. I was doing, like, sort of tomatoes, capsicums, ginger. And the idea being that I was going to stay out there to get me to do my second year as well. But at that, in, that, in that time period, these lot back home had remortgaged the Liverpool house and then gone to do the uh, this uh, farm within the time period I was in Australia, just out of nowhere. You know, not the farm, the campsite. And just happened to have this little uh, cafe on it. And then I think by the time I come home, my mum was in the kitchen with my granddad at the White Lodge. Liam was doing like the outside camp, but my dad was still working for Ford. And it was just the right time, I'd say. I mean, when I came home, my mum's normally like, <laughs> she'll kill me for saying this. <laughs> but she's normally one of the bigger boned, <laughs> bigger boned lady. Oh, you sure you wanted to edit that out? <laughs> what? <laughs> when I came back, she got stressed out in the kitchen. She was like, she was like a stick, wasn't she? <laughs> she like lost about two stone in a week. Was I can't believe you just called me mum fat. <laughs> <laughs> She's never been fat, she's just been of a robust constitution. I'm oh. going to text her now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not soon, me, that. <laughs> <laughs> then out of this. <laughs> but that, it was the right time to come back. Um, yeah. So I just jumped in, 19, with me and my granddad, doing the omelettes and that, and the, and the brekkies in the White Lodge. I don't know, I really, I've really learned my style of food at the Mangrass. I I don't think I don't know if I've had a natural I wasn't necessarily a natural cut, uh-huh. uh, but I've, I, I just like at that it's point, a natural eater, aren't you? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a hard one to pin, but there's a lot of like self education. Whether it be like okay, I'll I'll buy I'll always buy the fish whole. I'll always buy a whole pig, and I had to teach myself then how to mm. how to prep it. You know, um, yeah, we had these always, really strong principles, and I don't really know where they came from. And yeah. it was about that kind of whole animal butchery, kind the of really limiting waste, finding local produce. And it's almost like the same now. We were joking before that Ellis has got 20 barrels of cabbages just yeah. fermenting. And it's just like, it, 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 it just happens. You know, and I, and I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know where it started. <laughs> but it's always it's, been that it's, way. And th- yeah. We, Things have got to be right, haven't they? And right to the, you've got to know exactly how the rules work to break them in a way, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, it's, I, I almost, I've always almost felt like I was a bit of a fraud, maybe, because you know, I didn't go maybe down the college route, that if I didn't know it, then maybe I was be, being a bit of a fraud towards like, mm. one on hat and hat to, 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 to what to the public and had to learn it, almost to back myself up to why I was doing it, I don't know. Yeah, I no, don't. That, that's uh, I think that's it's again. I think there's a charm in people and in, in going that route, isn't there? It's very easy to yeah. uh, you, you have people on here and they've trained with this person, they train with that, but it doesn't matter, is it? I think success no. is what you make of it, and sometimes that's the best way, like you say, learning stuff like yeah. that. 
I'm personally for yourself, probably. Yeah, well, I, I, get, I, I do get a lot of satisfaction from teaching yourself something new. I'm not a great reader. I, I don't get into books and whatnot. I'm not visual. I have, to, I have to buy the things and get them going rather than read on them and then learn by doing it and learn by seeing it and trying to understand what's happening. So I, 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 don't, I can't read something and, and, and learn how to do it that way. You know, I've got to really fucking get into it. And on, and, Big part and, of us have taken over. I get so much satisfaction out of that as well. The big part of us taken over at the Madam Grass. We we kind of decided after two years of helping the White Lodge Cafe with the parents, it was like it was a, it was a decision that we'd put a lot of time and a lot of a lot of energy at that point, and that we could learn a lot of stuff by doing it by ourselves. Yeah. And that was like kind of we made a decision then to kind of spend eight. To, I, I remember saying 30, so that was I probably had eight years at that point. Until I was 30 to really push ourselves, keep learning, and to kind of not settle on anything. And it was no, it was no kind of big moment that we decided that. It was just like, what else are we going to do? You know, I, I was thinking of going back to uni and doing a master's. I went in love with what I had done in uni. So it was always that idea, I think, that we could kind of survive a season, push ourselves to learn more. And if it didn't work by the end of the year, then we can go and kind of do something else. And then we just kind of, 10 years went by. <laughs> and there you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great, no, it's a great story though. Hold on. Two, I'll send you the password, two seconds. Yeah. Okay, cool. Obviously you've got like a, a long standing restaurant now. You're at the other end of the scale where you, you were just about to open one. So, yeah, yeah. And obviously return, well, returning back to Liverpool and, in a, in a sense, you know, in that time from 2009 to now, did you, we kind of in touch because that's kind of like for ourselves, that's when we started in Liverpool, kind of, and it kind of the dynamic changed around then. Uh, there was, a, yeah. was not, not a lot to do 2009, pre 2009, but did you keep keep in touch? And is that why something you wanted to come back? Something that's just happened? I think, yeah, it's, I think we've always been really, really part of Liverpool, haven't we? I think, you know, I like. I think leaving Marsh, we've lived up here. Yeah. You know, once a week, twice a week. There's always been a reason to get back to Liverpool. Like the missing out on something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've always socialised in Liverpool. I think moving up when I was 19. Yeah. It's a, and still the same group of mates now. All the same sort of, got the same lads and whatnot. Uh, we're all in Liverpool. So anything which was on was always there. All the family there. And yeah, I think I think we, re- we well. I personally have really enjoyed making the most of. I, f- I felt like I've almost lived in two places for the past ten years at that point, where they've both been quite heavily <laughs> part of like home. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like it's been one thing almost. Yeah, you probably have more than I have. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I put a lot of time in the start into the campsites and setting up the man and grass building. Why? So in the kind of downtime, I'd often be building or knocking things down or painting. Plus, or... I've got a lot more mates than Liam. <laughs> well, I, I, I only need two. I've got, got two, two mates. He's not lying. He's got two mates. You know? That's like, that's, that, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's keeping it tight. Did, yeah. so... No, you, you tend, you, 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 all your mates become the same, don't you, after a while? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just... You start same circles. So, Liverpool yeah. is, that, that's right, isn't it? Liverpool is the Welsh yeah. for Liverpool. Yeah. yeah, and so we were discussing before before we came came onto the episode about the Barry Brothers is kind of like the uh, the umbrella now for the for the group. And we said, I don't know if anyone see go online you'd see the pictures of them. Looks like you're gonna <laughs> Dylan Grant <laughs> take over the Albert Everyone else, yeah. Salt <laughs> <laughs> so is it yeah. what's the what's the plan with it? I mean, are you, are you bringing a lot of elements from the Marron Grass to the, that site, or is it going to be completely unique? Well, I, I think kind of fundamentally, Anglesey's a tourism centric space, kind of massively. So for, for us to kind of grow and um, continue expanding as a business, we we really wanted something where we could kind of support the team year-round and kind of had a year-round operation at the Marum Grass for kind of last four, five, six years, or maybe more than that. But yeah. it was always about kind of creating careers and kind of letting people join in on the journey and develop and 
be responsible for part of the business as well. The, the, the truth with the with Anglesey is that it's, it's there's a glass ceiling there because of the tourist nature. There's only so much you can do. So that's where we really wanted that twelve month operation for um, to be able to continue to develop and, and develop what the future holds as well. You know, we kind of I think ten years in the one one place. You, you we've tried everything in the marron grass, every single format possible of things so it's just it was really nice to kind of have something new and fresh to look upon and kind of take us past that decade anniversary of okay we've done 10 years by Liverpool I think we're kind of signifying that we're in it for the long haul I've always like even the the Marangrass feels like it's the only place which can be the Marangrass you know like for me anyway where it's a real bastion of that very ultra local produce um, you know, your muscle man's a mile down the road and whatnot. And it tells that real story of, of um, the breadbasket of, of Wales, which Angus is known as. And I think with naming somewhere, it almost gives you the um, the opportunity to tell tell another story. You know, and I, I think with Liverpool was a big sort of, the, the history in that name alone, even in Liverpool still, after doing the research into it, it's massive, you know, like, the whole Welsh thing in Liverpool on, as the dockers and the uh, the workers coming in, you know, I think they had like Wales held two national estates, which is the big Welsh thing in Liverpool in like the nineteen twenties. So they've seen it almost as as part of Wales, even up to up until that point. You got all those Welsh streets having you up in Anfield and Toxteth areas, all they're all Maryland streets and all that. It's all it's all massively. Uh, it's got a huge Welsh link, and it just felt right. You know, it's like. Realizing those links, bringing what we've learned back to Liverpool, gone away, come back, it just it just felt so right, you know. And there will be a lot of similarities of style of food, probably to to the Marangrass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be local produce from Anglesey coming in, mm-hmm. but what I want Liverpool to do is really have the freedom of, and tell the story of the city a bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got those the cauldron of like Scottish, Welsh, Irish people. You've got the big shipping history. You know, it's really open, you know, and, and, it, and it gives me as a chef a bit of freedom, which I've not really been able to play with whilst we've had the Marangrass, you know, in terms of, you know, you can really, you know, like the spice roots and stuff like that and, you know, really tying into those different, like, cultures of Liverpool and that into the food as well. And that's what I'm excited for. It's got its own vibe, you know, I see, I see it like city buzz and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit more urban. It's still a bit like me and Liam where, well, I say me and Liam where it's like, like even the way they've done the restaurants, very like this little, very high end little. Go wow, that looks class, but still in a brick building with you know with, with like yeah metalwork on show and it's like it, uh, I think I think it's I'm excited for it, really excited for it. I think it'll be different, a bespoke feel to the food. Yeah. So it'll be like my head on a plate again. Which <laughs> <laughs> is don't know what it was. I'll have to turn out, but that sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I mean, it won't be the Marangrass. I can't see it being taste menus and all that. No, no, I can't. I can't be doing with it. It bores me shitless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed doing them, but it's like I, I, I like it the Marangrass, but I need. I need to be. I'm fast paced, and I need. I need a bit of the buzz. Are you gonna keep it? Are you gonna keep it quite traditional? Start a main dessert kind of vibe. As much as, much as we didn't want to go into it, I think um, the the COVID's changed a lot of. Um, are thinking and even in the run-up to the shutdown actually we we were kind of challenging the kind of preconception of the kind of a la carte style of the starter main dessert we were kind of challenging that idea of the taster menu which they both were really great formats and both work really well but it was like the kind of we were just trying to give ourselves a little bit more freedom and let the menu become a bit more produce led so something presented itself as being a great for sharing or great as a kind of um to be presented in a certain way to let it do that mm. so it's it, well, that, that's what you see because we were looking at brat like we put brass in brat bit there but on the um on, on the menu as a shit as a we want we i wanted something like like a lovely piece of fish on, on the menu and we, we were playing around with that um for, for ages really and then in the end we just roasted it off whole and it's on the Instagram thing, actually, on the Instagram story, with a lovely uh, 
uh, fish reduction, so like a roasted bone turbot reduction, um, and then a pork reduction, um, and then just seasoned up, and then emulsified with a shitload of butter. So we just roasted these turbots in, in the oven, pulled it out, we had some like pickled wild garlic and a little bit of like almonds that on there, and then just this naughty butter sauce. Really and there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you're there, you're messing about, fan, fancy dancing it all on the plate, and you do, you just took into that turbot, and it's exactly it's that's all you wanted. It, it didn't it didn't require anything else, yeah. and it was almost like, well, why, why don't you just why don't you just do that? You know, it's like just leave that on the plate to sort of let people tuck into that. You know, the, the more we were trying to write a menu, the kind of the, the um, more we felt kind of constricted by the formats which are available, you know, or well practiced, you know, the a la carte tasting menus, small plate, sharing plates. And it was, it was just like kind of, I think we just started getting frustrated with why do we have to just pick one and kind of mm-hmm. looking at how the customers come in, interact with the food and kind of what the, that experience can be. I think I, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love people, someone to come into Liverpool and have like the, um, into Liverpool. <laughs> and have the um, just come if they want to come in and sit down and have three or four different types of oysters, yeah, and a nice glass of sparkling or a beer, then they can, you know. And if they want to come in and spend a tenner, twelve quid, they can. If they want to come in and spend mm. on a nice meal for them and their partner, ninety quid, yeah, and they can, you know. So it's like it's like I'd like to get the accessibility. I'm not I'm not going to do a massive menu. But it's, it's it's allowing the menu to be accessible and and society's so different now that yeah. kind of you know like you say there's got to be a like dynamic for for all almost but like a lot of like what you're saying about the produce people are more interested in the produce than like fit what's on a plate like fine dining used to be you know what yeah. I mean it's like you can do yeah. something so simple like the a turbot hole and people are yeah. more interested where's that turbot come from. And then the fish is beautiful anyway, isn't it? So it's going to... Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. And I think that's yeah. where we kept ending up. When we were playing with the different bits of produce coming in, what was available, really looking for that kind of that, what's the layer pool dishes. As we were kind of cooking it and playing with it and, and trying to plate it up and how you transfer that onto, it's like the, the, the pen and paper onto the menu, it, we, we kind of just kept, relaxing it back to do you know that works really well like that that works really well like that why are we trying to create a menu which takes away from that you know yeah yeah it's just that enjoy, it's what you enjoy eating as well you know it's yeah. like it's what, it's what I, want, I want to create a place where I want to go there and know I'm going to have a shit hot meal yeah. but, I, but it's where it's the food I want to go and eat you know I'd, 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 it's something I'm going to go into the restaurants and just indulge <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and get so excited by doing so that that, that was the idea. It's up at the minute. It's hard just to see whether we can still we can still do that comfortably. I don't think any of us really know, do we? No, no. Um, I think without going getting too far into it. But. I think the kind of the hesitation now is just like we we were so excited to kind of launch this thing yeah. that we were so in love with the idea of to be to now unveil a compromised form of that, or to unveil it into a compromised. A more restricted environment is so painful and hard to take. It's it's, it's completely pissing me off. You might not have so, to do that. You might not have to. I mean, I think yeah. you, you could, if you'd opened at a great few weeks and then had to shut, that'd probably be worse because then yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, at least you're gonna open with something that is fresh for the city. Yeah. and you know, yeah. yeah. I just want to. I just want to make sure I do it justice. I don't. I, the idea of maybe having to compromise on something, oh, yeah. or doing a, a, a dulled down version of it, it's just it's 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 gotten for me because of the, uh, the you know you look at the kitchen we've done in Liverpool. The kitchen I've got in the Marangrass is shit. <laughs> you know, I've been living, I've been working in a shed, and this was like yeah. a real a project and something which is like. It was, it's just our, our um, imagination gone wild, and you know we designed the whole kitchen really ourselves as well in terms of layouts and the, the, how it works and runs. Yeah, it's still a, it's still an independent space. You know, you you you'll know it yourself. Like kind of when you when you're in there, hands on, like developing that space and watching it come alive. We are everything that we've put into it is ours, and we're like kind of we've begged and begged and borrowed to lend as much money as we can to finance the build and stuff. There's no there's no kind of sleeping partners or big pockets. 
So it's just like, it's still a very independent space. We've tried to bring an element of kind of, um, it's, a, it's a lot classier than what the Marron grass is. See, you've got a lot oh, yeah, of means. Yeah, I, I'd look, I think you're going to be fine. But it's, it's good they've got something to look forward to. I know it seems hard now. The, yeah, yeah. You've, what you've got, like, you've got a lot of contrasts. Comes up here, so city life, rural life, you know, mm. shit kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> Mental health and stuff has become quite prevalent on the series when yeah. people, and like I, I live quite rawly now, and I, I like the contrast of going into city, coming back rawly. I don't think I'd ever yeah. live in a, in a city ever again, and I don't know yeah. just the outdoor space and stuff like that. I don't know is that something that you guys appreciate that, and do, do you feel like it's a switch off? Yeah, massive. Yeah, it, it's so nice. You know, we've been spoiled over the last 12 weeks to be, like today, uh, we're talking before about the little ones and having the young family. Mm. I was kind of feeling down this morning about 10 o'clock. I was tired. I weren't achieving anything what I was setting out to do. So the baby was a little bit restless. So I just put him in the pram and I just went out and walked for two hours down to the forest, to the beach and back. And it's just, Came into the Marangrass to tell me how shit I was. <laughs> Went to Marangrass, told us how shit he was, and then felt fine. <laughs> felt fine then, it's, mate. It's a, it's a standard with the immune team. It comes in yeah, and goes, right, I'm not having a go. <laughs> I'm not go, having a go. Play it on. But you might want to sit down. <laughs> I'm not having a go at you. I said, well, it's funny, actually, because it's only me in the room. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's no but, I mean, I, I, I love it, you know, and, I, and I've, need, I've needed it. I, I've always needed the balance, you know, because I, I really like socialising by being here. It's really allowed me to limit and, and pick when I socialised and sort of not got into routines of going out every night and stuff like that, which can easily, it, the way I am as a person is that I, mean, I, if, I feel if I'm not, like I say, if I can't do it and get into it and go do 100% with anything of it, then... It's just, it's just bonkers. So, like, even if I was going on a night out, I need to be the last one in, the last one out. <laughs> I need to, like, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's, well, it, think- it's, just, it's a bit crazy. So, it's been great like that. But I've really enjoyed this period because it's probably the first time in the 11 years or 12 years, but 11 is it, we've been here that we've actually yeah. been here when we've been able to enjoy the weather and had not had to work, work, work if you get what I mean. Like, but, you know, stick to the routines of being ready for lunch and dinner. You can actually walk, you know, you, the island is beautiful. Mm. It's so nice. There's nobody about, you know, it's it's not great for the economy, mm. but it's um, it's it's such a different place. It's nice at that moment. It's so so fund- fundamentally, we couldn't have achieved what we've achieved if we'd been in the city. Yeah. You know, I was right. talking before about the kind of tourism industry, that kind of cycle of kind of being on and off. It allows you to try new things and disregard things which did work or didn't work or uh, yeah. so, so kind of fundamentally we could never have done that we would have been far too distracted at our age being in the city to kind of have the focus that we did and we would have been swallowed alive that, that, that's yeah. the kind of basis of it so being up here is, is beautiful you've got so much space to kind of disintegrate and dissolve into when you need to but it, at the same time it does have its challenges in terms of winters and mm. when everyone disappears and kind of if you are growing up around here, sometimes you can be faced with a really stark contrast of there's not a lot to do in terms of work or education and jobs. So some of them, there are real challenges to living in that kind of rural community as well. Yeah. But for us, in this kind of stage in my life, I'm really enjoying it at the minute. When people have had this outdoors taken off them, you know, it's yeah. people are realizing like just the, any outdoor space at all, even parks, everything. It just seems yeah. to be really linked with people's clearing their minds, isn't it? And oh yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like it's like it's like it's severe. Like you get you get so well, I get so claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I need to get up and get out. Yeah, I, I mean, I get like that in London. If I have got to go down to London, yeah. if I'm in there, if I'm in London for more than three days, I'm I'm going bonkers, me. Three, yeah, mm. I like cook two, two, three days in and out. It's a great city yeah. for that. Yeah. So outdoor and, and conversation seems to be the other thing about being able to connect and talking to people and just people connecting in, in different ways. Like, you know, seems essential to people's health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so hopefully... Yeah, long- I think, that, I think that's, that side of it's massive, you know, the kind of going into that a little bit. 
kind of having space and having kind of people to connect to and talk to and communicate is kind of so important. But I think even taking kind of, as I say before, you know, I had a really tough morning today. Yeah. And kind of one of the ways that my kind of thinking's evolved over the last couple of years. And again, I don't really know where it's come from, but it's it's like I've relaxed myself away from having to think positively all the time. You know, when things are shit, like it can be really shit right now. Acknowledging that your head is feeling like that and that it should and it allows to feel like that can really kind of just relax the burden that you're kind of putting yourself on and just allow yourself to, to kind of think and be free in it. You know, and I think that's where I find walking down to the forest sometimes is just like, you know what, I'm not finding any answers today. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to take a couple of hours out and it doesn't matter. You know, and I, I think that's the, that's the one thing that keeps me sane at the minute, being outdoors and allowing that kind of space and that, it's not. I don't see it as being positive or negative. I just see it as acknowledging that things don't have to be right, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to do. I don't think. I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes to feel like you've got to be positive or to see the positive side of things. Where it's just like, well, a lot of people have died, and Milan and Grandad aren't great, and business is a little bit disrupted. We don't know where we're going. But I'm alright to feel a bit shit for a couple of hours. I, I, I think this, in, this industry is such a um, hard one. I think the times that we are hard because there's, there's so much, there's so, there's so much like, so, I, th- I think a lot of people feel like they need to be doing something as well when it's like a lot of people can't actually do, do it. You know, social media is throwing out that every restaurant and chef should be doing takeaway boxes and yeah. keeping the name in or doing videos and whatnot. You know, the, the amount of times like, I, I especially at the start of this, I, I got in like ruts and stuff to try and, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. It's just like it's it's just mad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing which keeps me sort of if I really feel, really feel in a bad place, I just need to go and cook something. <laughs> it's the only real sort of can't calm me down. So if I get home and I'm stressed, I just start cooking. If I'm at home stressed, I go to work and cook. And it's the, it's the only thing which I can just really sort of I can be do I I can do something and just relax. I know we mentioned fatherhood. Do you feel obviously anyone who's listening, we're all kind of new dads so to speak in the last yeah. few years what do you feel that helps you i, I know it's hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but do you think that gives you routine and a purpose i don't know i think it's definitely changed me a lot as maybe to think think a little bit more like you've just been saying then liam kind of put things in perspective a lot more yeah well, i think that's what it's given me it's given it's, it's probably given me a um a, a different perspective you know and kind of Margot's 15, 16 months now. I probably should have known exact answer for that, but <laughs> um, it's there or thereabouts. I, and, and it is, it is I think, it, it doesn't make it, I don't think it makes it any easier um, in terms of what you've got to juggle. But it does let, since having a child, like I've been able to switch off from work a lot better to come home and be distracted and to kind of completely disintegrate into that family life. It's become so much easier. Whereas I'd be, I'd, I'd come home and it was laptop on. At least now I have a couple of hours of just playing and making stupid noises or kind of getting out. And and again, when you do feel like you're, you're terrible, sometimes it's it's really hard to break away and think and acknowledge that you are in a really shitty mood or thinking about things the wrong way or kind of that you've you're in that cloud of too many things happening at once. I've found often that uh, Marco just kind of snaps me out of that. It doesn't give me the option to be in it um, mm. most of the time. So, so yeah, it's, it's kind of it's made it easier for me. I've I've really enjoyed it. I feel a bigger urge to be at home, I guess, um, which I know is not the same for everyone. Um, but but for me, it kind of it works like that, you know. Mm. I suppose I I haven't found the right balance of it yet. You know, I think I think at the start of this it was. When I knew I went, when we went doing the fat pig in that side, and I knew right, I'm just going to sit at home for two, three weeks. I really got into it, yeah. uh, but then as soon as the switch turned again, I was like, "Go!" I, I, I have, I, I have like, and it is, a, it's, it's a shame. I just got to go. I just go. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to like not like you know. You stop got and, kids, right? I got two, yeah, and I'm enjoying this time with them, and I, you know, they, they, they literally do sort of they switch they do switch everything off 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like in a, in a sense that like it doesn't matter what's going on, they just still want entertaining and having a laugh with and having fun with. And you know, I do I do enjoy that, but I, I just do things in the absolute like really sort of if I'm gonna be a good dad, I do it in a massive block. If I'm gonna be a good chef, I do it in a massive big block, you know, and I haven't got the I I haven't really yet found the balance to how it's I still work, I still I still think there's that kind of that idea of being a good dad, a good chef, a good business owner, a good leader. There's so much pressure there to kind of say, to to be to being a good dad, you've got to act like this, or to be a good leader, to be a good business person. A good restaurateur, you said before, should be fine out takeaway it's, boxes. It's pleasing, or blah, blah, blah. it's pleasing everything, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's pleasing all your own like sort of what's in your head. It's pleasing trying to please everybody else. Do you know what I mean? That's like the sort of it's it's you be yeah. can't, can you? It's just like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, so like, yeah. there's no right or wrong, like we were saying before. You don't have yeah. to come this way, and I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's a society will change a little bit. But it's a lot of pressure, yeah. like you say. The social media has a lot to, although it's essential for work, has a lot to. And so, if I had to come off it for a few weeks myself, there, I was like, wow, I yeah. just don't need it. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah I mean? no, I, 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 yeah. I have to dip in and dip out, me, you know. I, it's it's one of those you need it's great for business mm. and you need people to be looking at your social media and at the same time it's like you can just get lost it's lost in other people's social media does it you know it's just not like mm. it can it can just not be healthy at all yeah you know but I'm completely with you there I I need to like with social media sometimes it's I've done a million tweets this month and whatnot oh, yeah. I'm going for a bit. Twitter's even. But I think it's that, it, it, it's a distraction, isn't it, all the time? Yeah. And, it, and it, I think it distracts you away from uh, kind of what's important to you. You, yeah. you know, in a business sense, you end up competing with people in completely different scenarios than what you're in. In yeah. a personal sense, you start to kind of feel guilt or start competing because different people have different family setups. And, and, and I think that side of it's really ugly. But I do think like the communication side of it can be really helpful. Yeah. And kind of on a, on a business front, it, it, it's kind of great to kind of be able to reach people and for people to really follow you with such strong um, loyalty and integrity. You know, people stick up for me before I'm even in an argument sometimes. Just like, <laughs> um, so I, I think it's it's one of them. It's one of them things. It's it, it's a, I think it's really. It's it's a great tool, and I've enjoyed using it a lot. Sometimes during the lockdown, but other times I've just had to turn my phone off and kind of disappear. It just needs regulating, doesn't it? It's like if I if I have a day off and I can put my phone away, yeah. and I know I can put my phone away, I have, I have phone a day off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what I did. I was all right, and you know, I was talking to you about that veg patch a few weeks ago. Just I've done yeah, it. Yeah. I've started learning about compost, man. I can't stop learning. <laughs> Zero waste. I'm like, every time I'm putting something in the bin now, I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? I need to get... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting of people, you see people doing stuff and I think it, like anyone, it gets in your head, oh shit, why am I doing that? But at the end of the day, yeah. like, I've got like, twins who are two and a half running riot till 12 hours <laughs> a day. And that's going to be, be till September. So it's like, well, I can't really. I don't know what you're doing. It's hard, but you can't really. You got to put things in perspective. Like I can't, you know. People are there. Well, I've learned three languages and I've playing the piano, and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kids, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all before six o'clock. Exactly. Yeah. So, like you're saying, but be, is being a father is probably more important than any of that, isn't it? So it's, yeah, it, it, it definitely is, and, yeah. and they, they they appreciate it now. Albert's two two and a half, let's say. Ish, maybe a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's October, October the uh, October the eighth. Yeah. So, so he'll be free in October. You can tell if I've if I've had a week where you'll say if I've done like fourteen days without a day off, I'm not his mate, and he and he'll, he lets me know, you know. But if I if I spend a, like a full morning with him, if I can get home before he goes to bed and sit in his room and read him a book and stuff like that, he just loves it. Just gets yeah. like snuggles right in, just just loves. Do you know what I mean? It's and only make up the stories and stuff like that, and tell them like the rude versions. <laughs> yeah, you got to follow. haven't you? They don't forget. You got to follow. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. But um, 
you know, and he and he loves cooking as well. So if I get if I if I get him, he doesn't cook quite, but he great great cheese. <laughs> it's been very impressive for a two and a half year old. Uh, but he loves getting up on the stove next to me there, and I'm looking over there. That's where my stove is, and 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 you know, uh, cooking with the food and stuff like that. So mm. he he loves that, and, and and you see it in the day after he's made up. The day after that. You know, and then as soon as you get back into the routine, the first day when you know you've got to go to work, you just feel like the guilt is just completely horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get back into it. True. And, you know, I, as I say, that that's the thing with me is once I get into it, it's just the, sw- the switch just goes again. And it's just like bang, all or nothing. <laughs> so t- t- tell me then, I'm just going on a lighter note, are Ryland's teeth as white in person as they are on TV? Yeah, proper, yeah, sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, oh, it's only me ears. I said, yeah, like, what? He goes, it's the only bit. I've not had any work done to. <laughs> How's it been, the show? I think it's good. I'm, wait- I'm waiting now um, to see whether we're going to get Series 2. We've got good viewing figures. We, we, I think the last the last uh, episode got about over 2 million people watched it on yeah. the last episode. So they were averaging with the catch-up. I think they were averaging across the show with the catch-up on the iPlayer, um, 1.6 million in an episode oh, really? um, of views. So it's, that's good. It's good. It's good figures. Whether we get a second series, I don't know. I think tip. I think tip and point still got more more viewers. You see, so I was yeah. <laughs> I was. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> Akis is on there. He's he's like a huge star in Greece, isn't he? Oh, Akis is ma- is massive. Yeah, yeah. Massive, yeah. yeah he's, he's he's funny. He goes, he's like Ellis. You don't want to go down the restaurant game. He's like, no, don't open another restaurant. No. Yeah. Like, why? He goes, no, YouTube. That, you just do your videos. He's like, restaurants, no money. But he, he's next level. He thinks that I'm just in a position where I can just close the only form of income we've got. Yeah. And just set up, just set up a. Uh, He's speaking a YouTube from, channel, yeah. you know, which is an instant hit. But he's, yeah, he's he's a hell of a character. Um, you can, t- you know, he's got he's got um, he's got proper dollar. Like he's like next next level minted. He's the Jamie, he's the Jamie Oliver of um, of Greece, Greece, you know, and and he's and he's smashing it. The advice and that you get off him, and you know, even with um, you say to him, you know, about doing landing gigs or doing certain deals, he'd be like, nah, don't do that one yet. Don't do that one. He's always more like, he, you know, hold off until you've got the big boys you can work with for a longer period of time rather than doing like all these little videos for everybody. And he's a really nice videos. guy, isn't he? He's kind of really, yeah, I, I've sad, been surprised yeah. at how much, he's, how open he's been with kind of advice and kind of, it's like I, yeah. I go out me way every day not to talk to Ellis where this guy seems to be quite <laughs> eager, happy to. Well, that's the majority <laughs> people enjoy talking to me, but he, it, you know, you know, I, I actually really enjoyed the program because of that. You know, I think there's such a variety of us, and it was it, it, everybody was doing something different. Everyone was in a different like, you know, Akis was smashing the world over there, and uh, Romy just done a cookbook. She's not really doing a, a restaurant anymore. She's going down more. She does more food journalism and more like cookbooks and stuff like that. Mike's got two restaurants. He's got M restaurants, and he's got a big. Uh, he lives in Australia, actually, Mike. So, you know, there's, I say, there's, it, it was such a good group and everybody was doing something different that it was just nice to sort of just form new relationships. Just, uh, it's, just, it's just like, it's fresh air, isn't it? Every time you meet these new people, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's not, it's good. Um, and, and I'd say Ryan's sound, I say all the production team are really sound. It, it was re- I really enjoyed doing it. Not as pressurised as Great British Menu. Yeah. Um, it's not so serious. You can have a bit of fun with it. So yeah, I'm hoping we get a second a second shot at that. That's good. Miguel yeah. from Love's Ryland. He absolutely loves them like fast. You know what? He's funny though, you know. <laughs> no, he's, he's proper seen... funny. He's proper you know funny. Like... He's done proper well for himself, hasn't he? I mean fair play to the guy, like Yo, yeah, yeah. You know what was he on? Big brother was it or something? Um he st- he d- no X Factor was his first oh, yeah. was his first gig. Yeah. yeah. So he went on X Factor, then he got the Big Brother gig. But he's, he's smashing it, man. He do, and he fucking works hard, I tell you. Mm. And you think chefs put the hours in. Yeah. That lad, like... Well, you, you for, exa- for example, you, you know, you're doing the Ready Steady Cook. You put you may do a morning slot. Then you might go... You might do a second one after that, but then you're off then for the evening. So you... But he does every single episode as well. Mm. And I know he's not doing the cooking and all that, but it's... It, to, to, to keep an audience there, keep them smiling, laughing, entertaining them, between each show, which is getting filmed, because we do three or four shows a day, 
Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And then he'd go back on a Saturday to his breakfast show to London in Glasgow. Yeah. And then he'd be back up on the Monday. Yeah, he was <laughs> DJing on the weekend. That's what me reminded me. He was DJing like a DJ set on Saturday night when we were in the car. And I was like, I didn't know he did that. It's like, oh yeah, he's boss on the. He's everywhere, the isn't he? Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like we, we went out on the we went out on the Tuesday. This is in Glasgow, yeah. No, but it, it was um, it's a, it's a hard it's a, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done that. Mm. Uh, mentally, physically, and there wasn't much support on the back of it either. You know, you're almost you're thrown into the limelight and then just dropped off and I, I think I, I came I came out of that the first year I did it it took me about three or four weeks to recover you know I had the sort of like hypersalience and stress and just like ducking diving and dodging it was weird from the TV um, you mean from yeah that? yeah from that from that experience yeah it was just like really hard really stressful and you just like you're almost it was, it's almost so surreal you, 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 you fight you, you're there for a week Bam, 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 picked up at five in the morning to studio. You're not getting into like 11, 12, back up at five in the morning, getting picked up, running through it. And it's just yeah. like, all of a sudden you're back out, back home in Anglesey, going, what the fuck just happened? It's the, how they do it as well. It's, it's almost like you've been spat out to the other side. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's that sort of thing as well, where the, you get such a massive buzz of people coming to like they follow you on social media and then all of a sudden you can get wrapped into that and then if, if you don't get the second opportunity you don't know whether, what direction to go in you don't know whether you're meant to be a new TV chef or a, um, you know so your head your head on the, the other end of it is, a, is, is completely everywhere you know mm. and what direction you're meant to be taking and does Liam, Liam keep you on the straight and honour then I think, I think, I, I think, I think we need it to man man around that point definitely do you remember that put that point Liam? I remember being mad yeah well actually I remember like Great Position Menu was like a bit of a underwhelming follow through in it we'd been on TV with Julia Bradbury yeah. she was on like a walking programme so a lot of people tune in kind of two and a half million people watched that episode where she came to us it was really it's really stunning shot a really nice day that we um Spent with her, uh, finished off with, like some muscles on the beach, which everyone just like bought into that idea. Mm. So like the next, literally like the next day, the place was absolutely jammed. Yeah. It's just the Madame Grass again now. Um, so we, when when Ellis went on Grapers Menu, we'd expecting the same kind of effect, but it was winter. I think it was about yeah. November time, and you first on the it's very, very shitty program as well, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. a lot of the people yeah. who watch that are in the industry, and it's like. If you're trying to please people in the industry, you're not getting bums on seats because they're all working when you're in when you're going yeah. at it. Yeah, well, know? that's Definitely. it, isn't it? We had we had a lot of inquiries. We had a lot of followers through so, yeah. the social media channels. We had a lot of bookings for like well ahead, but we didn't see that massive influx in terms of walk-ins or like the translation. Of bookings. Was like, that was bonkers. Was the level, weren't it? Yeah, complete yeah. over the level. That even um, still, we get people coming in saying you've seen these scenes on Julia Bradbury. Yeah, yeah. that's why they've come. Mm. We found we found with Pilgrim was the same. But it, the big things that really got them are the, are the reviews. Once yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know, you land a Guardian or the Times, is it Marina O'Glocklin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we got. Marina reviewed us, and it was exactly the same. You know, it was as soon as she went to print, her review went to print. We got nailed. And it's yeah. the same with the AA guide as well. When we, oh no, the Good Food Guide. Sorry, food when guide, we got in the Good yeah. Food Guide. We, again, it was just um, it was it was something else. But Grapers Menu, it didn't have that effect for us. I, I know people in the cities who have kind of really said it was massive for them getting on the show and um, it transformed the business. But for us, it, it, it neither time even when Ellis won it, it it, it didn't it it created a um, buzz, but it didn't have the same effect of um, translating to bums on seats. No, it didn't, did they? Mm. I think it probably has the, on the, on the profile side of things, as, as the Chef Ellis Barry thing profile. It's probably built. Yeah, it, it, and over longer time as well. Sense. Yeah, yeah, but not in that kind of instantaneous bam. There's no. people hanging out the windows trying to get in. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely that Marina O'Glocklin, Julia Bradbury, and the um, and the Good Food Guide. They they, they were massive, weren't they? Yeah, it was like the massive hits. 
TV's still pretty far. I think it has that it's more like you say, it's the longevity thing, probably. Yeah. Cool. I think it gives you it gives you opportunities, doesn't it, outside of your core business as well. Which kind of whether it's um, presentations or demonstrations or different deals, it's kind of if you can make it on TV, there is still a lot of money to be made around that TV. Um, yeah, but so it's, it's it doesn't bad. always translate to kind of yeah sales. Yeah. It's good. Big, the big hit, Liam. That million pound job we want. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we be like hands and deck? <laughs> <laughs> are you got? Are you very similar as, as brothers, or are you completely different? Who's the biggest grump? Ellis. Oh yeah. You were there. Who's the hard? Who's oh, the you're hardest? grumpy. I'll, I'll give you a quick fire round. Who's the hardest worker? Me. Liam. <laughs> who's the best looking? Liam. <laughs> I tell you, what, Liam robbed my beds all the time when we were growing up. Oh, really? He's one of them all big brothers, yeah. Mm. No, no, they were never yours, Ellis. <laughs> okay, so in in regards to when everyone's been on, we've always asked them have they gotten in the weeds moment specifically out of service or anything? It could be life. It could be anything. Is there anything that pulls some mind there? There's a couple here which come around the hog roast events in the past. I forgot about so twi- twice, like we, we, um, I don't even know how long ago this is. Four or five years ago, we used to have hog roast events. So we'd take it was before we had our own pigs, but we'd take a pig, put it on the over an open fire, cook it all day, sell tickets, have live music, and like it was just a really chilled out kind of event. But they were just absolutely manic. So like the the first, well, I don't know which order it came in. But I managed to kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm filtering through all three or four different stories here. Yeah. Facebook really started having an impact on businesses. Yeah, let's start there. So the, the first one was like. So Facebook was almost like only coming. We didn't realize the power. Yeah, and we we put we put tweets out that hog roasted the man and grass. I'm not lying. We had the smallest pig in the world, and 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 I am not exaggerating. Three hundred and fifty people about. And me and Liam, being me and Liam, sold them all a ticket, and we had one pig. <laughs> and it was the smallest pig in the world. And we would sell these tickets off for the ten at a pop for the um, for the all you could eat buffet. Uh, we were like, we, I was giving out baps with about that much meat on, you know, on the hog roast back. And then we were running into the back, going, "What can we make into a slaw?" I go, "I don't know what we got in the fridge here." So it's like I'm whipping up mayonnaise like by the by the gallons. I'm not even exaggerating. Like oh, I'll, I'll get loads of gem lettuce into that, loads of onions. I've made an onion salad, lemon juice, salt, sweeten it up, bang, back out on the on the buffet. We got absolutely battered, but we made some murder. money, didn't we? It was, <laughs> it, there was so a everyone queue. Everyone's giving us shit. Everyone's like, everyone's going, oh, we're leaving. It's like, sound yeah, great. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> You know, like trying to be pissed off as if we just weren't asked then, were we? I just didn't have the time to be pissed off. I was just like, oh, okay, mate, I get it, yeah, okay, but next. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. I don't know. It know. was just, it was absolute chaos, mate. That was funny. This we, is, we ended up, uh, we just used to have a laugh, is, didn't we? The shit we used to do. <laughs> and everyone thought we were being serious. Like, we remember that, that shit act on, um, on um, Britain's Got Talent, Chopping Wood? Did you ever see him do yeah. chopping wood, chopping wood? We ended up paying him to come to this odd roast event to do this no. chopping wood thing, wood thing for a complete laugh because <laughs> you know, we thought he was terrible. And because, but everyone thought we were being serious like that. We thought that was like a good act to put on. And he's coming there. We're selling that pig. It was the same bloody event. It was selling the same one, yeah, yeah. on chopping wood, chopping wood, chopping wood. <laughs> <laughs> so he was there, really. That, he was really God, there. He lived God, around the... Yeah. He, he lived around the corner from us and he just like we put this event on and then he just turned up with all this kit he was like I'll, I'll come and play for you if you want so we were like yeah jump in yeah They'd go mad and then all these these queues of people were just what, queuing up for meat and oh fears God. like really impatiently while this guy was just on repeats shouting oh, shuffling <laughs> and it, it was just absolutely there was one lad that, that one of the lads who worked for us at the time, Danny, really nice kid. I gave someone ordered some beers, and because the queue was that big, I was like, "Go and wait over there," and like 
I'll get ahead on. So I, I kind of got four or five beers sorted, put them on a the tray, gave them to Danny. And like I said to him, go, that, that woman just gone over there, go and give her beers. And I just didn't see him again all night. He was just, <laughs> <laughs> he was walking around for two hours just with this one tray of beers. And I just, <laughs> yeah, it was just, this was back in the day when we didn't have to say it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like kind of. It's funny, and, and no, no, we, we used to do the hog. Lima always used to light the bloody pigs on fire to no. the, the, the fatted catch on the pig on the fire and just light up. And then next minute, twice, this has happened. The whole gazebos, not always. Flames, like absolutely, like burning away. Um, and then we're, we're there then, having to scrape the, the charcoal off the pig before two hundred people rock up in the next half an hour Bloody with a gold in the gazebo. <laughs> Yeah, I still have palpitations off that one. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've been in the weeds loads of times, but we've never not we've never not been in the weeds where we've not not opened. We've had the electricity and the gas go off, so we've built fires outside, put everything on papier and tinfoil, and cooked the whole menu on on coal on coals outside whilst it's been like pissing down and raining everything with an umbrella, and then having a desk lamp on the, by the past to try and place it up all fancy, and off it went. Yeah. It's bunk, remember that? Yeah, like, do, yeah. So what's the lesson here? Um, <laughs> if you're going to start young, start far away. Like that. I wouldn't change it though, you know. <laughs> I would not change it at all because I think that being in the weeds like that, you just learn so much and having yeah. the balls to just run with it and go through it. I just wouldn't change it. Yeah. It's almost like... Yeah, it you get more organised. Quickly, didn't it? Get like, but it's, 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 you proper learn quick. Just don't you know open their pool like that. Do you want to said at the start, mate? It's like I don't want to open in a compromised situation. And you're like, it'll be fine. Yeah. No, it won't, mate. No, it won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's that, that's that's the. Um, I I think though, we've learned so much from that. It's like I I don't like the, the expression when people say, you know, when you if you if you make a mistake again, then you're stupid. I think you can you can make mistakes, make mistakes, you know, in, until you find like the right way. I think it's all learning. I think you've always you know, got to acknowledge your mistakes, otherwise, yeah, yeah, you're lying. But I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that that happened as well. I quite like looking back at that and going, "Yeah, that's class that we actually survived that." <laughs> yeah, it's you all, know, it's, it's all. It makes sure you are now, doesn't it? It's all learning. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, look, listen, been great to have you both on. Um, have you got any final words for the for the audience? Yeah, good luck editing this. <laughs> <laughs> the audience on yeah, This will, this yeah, will be yeah, out yeah. in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, thanks, gents. I really appreciate it. And obviously, I'm sure I'll see you soon. And look forward to coming into Liverpool. Yeah, great. Yeah, banging, man. It's getting thanks. closer. See you soon. Yeah, cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks, man. Cheers, mate. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, Liam did say Alice could talk, but didn't quite believe it was that bad I'm only joking I really enjoyed the time with them and if you want to catch up with the goings on of the Barry Brothers check out their quest to open Lairpool then it's all on social media and also you can check out the latest goings on the Fat Pig Farm uh, also have a look at my website mattyfarrell.co.uk it also has my journal which holds my writing publications up to date and you'll find more information about my story and I'll be updating my blog in the next few weeks on my own little micro farm project so DM me on Fazmangos on Instagram or Twitter and next week we have the legend Cutthroat Pete joining us one of the biggest names in barbering at the moment so on the day the PM released lockdown to reopen bars and restaurants on the 4th of July I wish the lads and everyone else out there the best of luck in everything they do peace and love stay safe